Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's rugby league. Welcome into Running It Straight, Wednesday the 15th of February 2023. Big shout out to everyone around the country. Hope that you're staying safe and dry. Um, a lot of recovery to come over the next days and weeks. Um, but hopefully we can provide you with a little bit of relief uh, in the form of some rugby league content for you. The season not too far away. We're about two and a half, three weeks away from the 2023 NRL season getting underway. We've had some trial games, the All-Star game on the weekend. So it's about time we start previewing the season. Uh, After 3.30, we're going to start with six teams today. We'll do six teams the following week, and then we'll finish up with the last four, uh, or the last five, I should say, uh, in the last week leading into the first round. Uh, We're going to go reverse ladder order as well from last season. So we'll start with the West Tigers and work our way back up. We're going to catch up with Stacey Jones hopefully this week. We uh, tried to get him last week but we weren't able to get through to the phone line so uh, we're going to try him at about a quarter past three as well. So lots coming up now between three and four. Give us a text on double eight double three if you want to have your say what you made of the Warriors first trial game against the West Tigers or maybe you want to talk about the All-Star game as well and uh, what happened down there in Rotorua. Um, yeah, jump on the phone or give us a text and uh, why don't we just start with the All-Star game, Kempi, over the weekend. Me and you called it from the studio here in Auckland and sort of it was a tight game for all of about 65 minutes and then uh, Selwyn Cobo stole the show and the uh, Indigenous mm. All-Stars ran away with it. But what did you make of that sort of first big early season hit out for those two teams? Oh, look, I thought it was great. Uh, the game brought to Rotorua and, and uh, being played and you know we had a big crowd to boot with it as well. So uh, everyone's obviously missing rugby league in this country. Um it played out how I thought it would. I thought the you know obviously the spine of the the Indigenous All Stars was pretty potent. Their backline um, on a whole and Sal and Cobo you know getting a hat trick at the back end of the of the game in the last quarter was um, pretty telling throughout because they put up a gallant effort. Uh, did the Māori uh, Māori team as well? You know with the with their young their young spine and I thought their forward pack was rotated pretty well and and, and kept them in that game for a long period of time. So. Um, I love it. I love it that football's back on. All the trials were played. They were televised over the weekend. You got to have a look at a few of the players and, and their their positions and their new positions and clubs and bits and pieces like that. And you you start to to work out where you think teams are going to be situated on the uh, the ladder. And I know we're going to be covering that off today, Sam. But uh, mate, there's no bigger game this weekend. I just want to want to touch on that. The one down in Otatahi, down in Christchurch this weekend between the Warriors and Melbourne. If you're in the area, get to Orange Theory Stadium and watch this one. Both Bellamy and Webster have named first-grade sides, mm. and it's going to be an absolute cracker. So yeah. uh, get along, and for me, I can't wait to watch it because it's going to see uh, you're going to see basically whether or not these guys here at the Warriors have bought into Andrew Webster's theory, and uh, if they can deliver it. Yeah, big. Uh, it's big talking point. We'll, we'll have a chat about that very shortly. Just back to the All Stars, though, Kimpy. I think uh, we talked about it on Saturday night before the game. The uh, Māori All Stars certainly had the forward pack. Um, 
perhaps didn't have the experience in the backs. Uh, complete opposite for the uh, Indigenous All-Stars who had all the stars in the backs. Not much of a fullback. That's sort of how the game played out. The the, the Māori forwards were able to just make easy metres, but we just sort of didn't have the finishing product, whereas the uh, Indigenous All-Stars just sort of pulled it out of their, out of their backsides towards the end. I mean, Nico Hines literally just picked up where he left off in 2022. Just a superstar. Uh, just outstanding. Uh, Nico Hines pick up, picked up the... Uh, the Preston, Preston Campbell, Campbell medal. And um, yeah, you're dead right. Like, you know, Albert Kelly playing in the middle of the pitch, you know, halfback out of Brisbane carrying the ball off a kickoff. They they knew that they were short on forwards. I thought uh, Shaquille uh, Mitchell did a pretty good job in the middle there um, for long periods of time, but they just didn't have the size or the strength to, to cope with Tarpanu, the rookie boys. Um, I don't, mate, I haven't got another word for Fisher Harris, how tough that kid is. You know, the, 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 the shot he took to the head, I thought that was him done for the game. He just shook it off and, and went again. So, uh, but you're right about the spine. They just, you know, Paul Turner um, didn't really have that game at number seven. He, try, he tried his hardest and he set up a, a, you know, a, a nice try to, to Ricky out there on the left edge. But apart from that, was was gone out of the game for too, too long a periods. And on the opposite side, Nico Hines, Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, that's setting the outsides alight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last week, but I thought just for people who maybe weren't listening or didn't catch the call on Saturday, where, where to do you think for the All-Stars game from here? I know you've talked about moving it, um, having it at a different point in the calendar. You also want it to be a... To have test status as well for uh, these boys. So. I th- look, I look. I think you know we need. I know it's a CBA in the chat at the moment. But if I was a Polynesian or, or uh, of Maori descent from New Zealand and and Indigenous Australian, I would be walking into that CBA saying we want full test status for this game, mm. and we don't want to play it as a preseason. We want to play it the back end of the year where all players are available, um, or even in a standalone weekend through the uh, state of origin. So. You know, you've got to, the the thing. The unfortunate thing about this is they never had the best players on show, and they and they and they would have if they played at the right end of the year. Totally, yeah. Um, and I think it deserves some some respect. So, yeah, the, I get the fest, uh, festival feeling of it. At the beginning of the year, they want to kick it off, and and I think the concept's right. I just think there's a lack of respect around what it actually means to both um, countries. Absolutely, yeah. But you saw the turnout at Rotorua there, definitely an appetite for it, certainly here in New Zealand. Uh, tell you what we'll do, we'll take a short break here. Um, Stacey Jones is going to come to us on the other side, Warriors assistant coach. We've got plenty more I want to talk to Stace about ahead of uh, trial game number two against the Storm this weekend and, of course, the season only two and a bit weeks away. After 3.30, we will preview uh, the 2023 season, go through a few of the teams, and uh, we're going to do that in the coming weeks. So stay with us here on Running It Straight. Thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. We'll be back after this. Quarter past three here on SCNZ, running it straight. Sam Hill alongside Tony Kemp and welcoming into the show now, Warriors assistant coach Stacey Jones on the line. G'day, Stace. G'day, how's it going? Hey, nice, Stace. Thanks a lot for joining us this afternoon on Running It Straight, mate. How excited are you for the season? Yeah, pretty excited. You know, obviously, you know what pre-season's all about, Kempi. It's, you know, uh, fairly long for the players and they work really hard. And, and this is what it's all about now. Um, now the footy starts or, you know, you know trials. But, uh, yeah, no, we're pretty excited. Um, you know, we've, we've had a good, uh, good pre-season here back at home and familiar with, um, you know, our own facilities and that. And, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're looking forward to this season. Stace attitudes. Has there been a visible shift in attitudes compared to last year? Oh, look, you know, I think last year um, the team trained really well. I, I just feel that we've got a really good group of players or the players that the club's uh, born in, Mitch Barnett, Dylan Walker, Tamari Martin, 
chance. Um, and they, so they, they bought some really good quality players as far as experience, but they've also bought good people. So they obviously added a bit um, to the team as far as attitude goes and, and what hard work and effort is all about. So hopefully what they bring is going to rub off to, to a lot of the other players that probably didn't have the right attitude or effort um, at certain times last year. Stacey, we've heard a lot from um, from Andrew Webster and, and a few players over the last couple of weeks about you know what he's brought to the coaching group um, and certainly what he's bringing to the playing group. But just from your perspective um, as an assistant coach alongside him, how has he approached you guys as a unit and as a group? Is it is it uh, you know has it been a big shift for you guys over the last couple of months? What's he sort of trying to instill as a coaching group? Yeah, I mean, Webby's been really good. You know, he obviously was here, um, you know, five or six years ago as an assistant, so he knows the the landscape of, of what he's coming into as far as the club and the, the culture and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, obviously the experience he had being very successful at Penrith. Um, you know, he's not shoving Penrith stuff down our throat, uh, the group. He knows where the group's at, and he's, you know, taking small steps at a time. But... You know, I really feel that you know he's heading in the right direction. He's got a really good rapport with the players of, of how he delivers his messages and that. And uh, you know, he's also got a you know a bit of a firm approach with you know when things aren't going how he wants them to be done. So so far, Webby, um, you know, certainly brought a, a really good vibe to to the group. Hey, Stacey, what's it like being home? And just a, a question: Has there been much talk in there about the breakers' season and how they've attacked it post COVID? Uh, no, there hasn't been. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of basketball fans here and seeing how the Breakers are doing thing and the, the doing things, and they've, you know, obviously had had a very good year so far. And let's hope that they, you know, continue um, being successful. So, yeah, I mean, obviously they are a group that we can can look towards that, you know, what they bring, and then playing in a, you know, a, a, a similar competition as far as you know the Australian clubs. So, um, yeah, look, you know, we're we're very excited for them, and certainly there are things that we can we can take from them. But it hasn't been a huge amount of talk around it. Yeah, so what? So being home those days, like you've spent three years on the road. What's it like? You know, you go and sleep in your own bed and and preparing for training down at Mount Smart. Everyone, everyone in, in sort of good spirits. Yeah, that certainly has been noticeable, Kempi. You know, you drive drive through the gates here at Mount Smart, and you know. Um, that everything's here for us, you know. We have, you know, we have fans turn up to training, not a hell of a lot, but we do have people turn up to our trainings, and you know they're very excited. And, and also, not just the the people involved with the footy group. You know, you got the admin group too here that you know you get to sort of see every day and and talk about how their their roles are going. So yeah, it just feels like a really you know a family orientated group compared to what we've probably had in the last sort of three years. Stace, can you give us your take on the on the rule changes, especially the ten meter um, change that the referees are trying to install? How does that affect your, your preparations? Oh, look, you know, it's something that we have to sort of take note of. But you know, with the NRL, uh, they bring in different rules, and um, you know, you just got to adapt to it. You know, the ten meter rule with making sure you got both feet feet behind the referee, and then you know, different on the try line. So you got to adapt to it. You know, it's, it's a hard job for referee. Keep tabs of all those things. So, you know, we just want, you know, we just want them to be consistent with their rulings. You know, mm. I've never been a ref, but I know she's a tough. Girl. 
Absolutely. Stace, I know that going from uh, Warriors season 2022 straight into the World Cup and you've basically come straight back home into pre-season, you probably haven't had much of a chance to to sort of sit and digest. But just going back to 2022 and you had that obviously that head coach role for sort of the last, last half of the season, have you had a chance, I guess, just to, to sit back and reflect on that and, and what have you learnt? Oh, look, you know, it was a very tough year last year and then taking over from Brownie midway through and you know it was probably a little bit about just sort of survival keeping our head above water and and doing our best and you know the last sort of eight weeks was was you know it was fairly tough on the team as far as uh you know we were traveling every every week but it was really good just to get home and get a feel for you know our own fans and and the atmosphere that that we had when we played here back at home you know we're hoping that we get that sort of atmosphere, if not better, and if the team is successful, you, you'll get that. So, but yeah, no, it certainly was a long year, and then the disappointment of the World Cup, you know, coming so close, getting beaten by, by Australia in the semi-final um, was tough. But you know, the good thing about it that uh, yeah, a long season is certainly, you know, the, the new season was just around the corner, and, and it's here on our, our front doorstep, you know, right now. Hey, Stace, look good last week in, uh, against the West Tigers. All the all the kids, at, the depth looks really good, and you've named a really good side to play this weekend down in Christchurch. Is this your be- is this your best side? Well, it's, I feel it's probably our best side that um, we've got available. You know, there are some guys that are like Jasper Bones and Jed, so you know, I think he's probably in the team somewhere. Not the top mate, who else is injured? But yeah, you know, I think this is the best side we'll, we'll field and. You know, it's a trial, but it's a game that you know we want to you know perform really well in, and and you know we want to win it. So uh, we know that we're coming up against a benchmark team in the competition in Melbourne. We know that it's going to be a tough game, so a very good test um, for this group for our group. Uh, something that um, a lot of people have asked us to ask, um, Stacey, when we put the put the call out, said that we were getting you on the show. Um, people want to know the, I guess, the change or the difference in, in Sean Johnson in 2023. He's obviously a big face of the club. Um, probably didn't go as well as he would have liked and, and the fans would have liked in 2022. But have you noticed a bit of a shift in his attitude and mentality in the off-season and coming into pre-season this year? Yeah, look, I mean, not only just Sean, but there's a lot of players in there where, you know, being familiar, being back at home, being around family certainly makes a, a big difference. And, and Sean's no different, you know, we know that he's a lot more um, lot more happier, um, you know, when, when his family's around and, you know, it has a, has a positive effect. So, yeah, look, you know, we're hoping that Sean, you know, has a, has a really good year uh, for the club. You know, he's uh, you know, the back end of his career, but you know, we're hoping that you know, he can get the team around the field and, and play, you know, his best footy. Hey, Stace, noticeably that you've you've named Mitchie, Mitchie Barnett in the middle by the looks of it this weekend. Um, what are the middle stocks like, and is there any signings in the um, of middle players coming up? Yeah, I know the club is, you know, on the hunt for, for a middle player.
just before we let and you then go. You, obviously, you've got... Sorry, and then you've got Dylan Walker that can play in that role too. Yeah. So you've got some good experience there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just before we let you go, um, Stace, another question that that sort of uh, was uh, recurring when we put the word out. Um, it's been a pretty, you know, it's been a tough, uh, I'd say, ten or twelve years for the Warriors fans in terms of you know making finals and, and getting back to that grand final and winning a premiership. And um, I guess a few of them have grown a bit cynical over the years. And perhaps when seasons rolled around, they think, well, you know, how's this going to be any different? What what can you sort of say just to the fans ahead of twenty twenty three to I guess uh, encourage and, and lift them up that twenty twenty three really is going to be a bit of a turn of the corner for the club. Yeah, look, we're, we're hoping that too. You know, we've worked really hard over the pre-season, like I said at the beginning of this conversation we've had, that we've, we've recruited some really good people, you know, players, and, and obviously Andrew Webster, what he brings, you know, the success he had at Penrith. You know, so we're all excited. Um, you know, we're, we're, we've tried new things within how we, we want to play the game, and you might have, you might have seen glimpses of that on, uh, on last Thursday night. So... Yeah, look, you know, we know that um, like most other clubs in this competition, we need to be healthy, fit and healthy and, and have a bit of luck go away. And, and if we we get that and we create our own luck, you know, we'll be in for a, a good season. Yeah, good stuff to hear. Stace, I really appreciate coming on, mate. No, you've got a, a very busy schedule. So uh, good luck for this weekend and, and we'll catch up again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Cheers Stacey. There you go. Uh, Stacey Jones, the Warriors assistant coach. Uh, Kempe, the question that I just asked at the end there is obviously a very common one with, with Warriors fan. Like, is this year going to be any different? Um, you saw the trial last week and, and the personnel that they've brought on, the signings both uh, in the coaching staff and on the field. What is, what's your sort of gut feel for 2023? Oh, look, I, th- I think that uh, Andrew Webster's set them in on a on a good path for 2023, uh, whether or not they have the, I guess, the depth and uh, the spine that can carry them through that that um, that season is still questionable. But we'll get a better look at that this weekend against uh, Melbourne. And, and like I said, you know, you, you tend to sit on the fence for the first four or five rounds to see when, once they get into the groove whether or not they can maintain it. One of the things that people don't realise is that you do go through quite a few players. Um and when you look at the depth of the players, if you lose them in a couple of critical positions at the Warriors, then, yeah, she's she's pretty thin. So, um, look, I'm optimistic. I've got to say that. I'm optimistic. I think they fight between 5th and 12th for that 8th position. I, yeah. don't think they're, I definitely don't think they're a top four position. Mm. Um, but, hey, if they, if they can keep their players on the football field, that's a big one for me this year. They got. They look like they've got the right attitude, and that's why I, yeah. why I asked the question around the attitude. The what, what do you reckon is a fair sort of expectation for Warriors fans because, you know, there's some people and probably I'll put myself in this category that you see a bit of long-term thinking here and it may not come this year, it may not come next year, but in sort of five to ten years' time we're building a club centred around development, all that sort of stuff, and we're making grand finals regularly. But do you think that's a fair expectation from year to year or should we be expecting them to make the eight this year and, and challenging top teams, etc.? Well, I hope, this is this is more around not expectation, but hope that Andrew Webster's given the the, the latitude and the longitude to, to, to prepare and deliver on a, on a strategy. You know, like he's come in, he's inherited a lot of the players and he's brought some very, very good senior players along. So Tamari Martin, Chancellor Clockstead, Dylan Walker, Nakore and Barnett mm. are very, very good signings. You know what I mean? So they'll add some starch to the club but I think when you ask what is a, a good season for them I think if they make the eight then they've had a really successful season um, it's going to be tough no don't get me wrong but it's all about attitude and, and creating that environment where there is 
um, steps to success. Or anything below where they ended up last year is a disaster. Mm. You know, and I've seen a few pundits come out and say, well, the Warriors are going to end up with a wooden spoon. Look, I think there's some worse teams in the, in the competition yeah. than the Warriors. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but yeah. I don't think they'll end up down there. But you don't want to end up where you ended up last year. Yeah. And for um, Andrew Webster, who's a, a realist for me, he never shirks his duty. He answers the questions um, off the top when you ask him those hard questions. He answers them. Uh, he has delivered a different – it feels different. So, but he's got to have success, and that's the difference. You sit on the fence because he's delivered a preseason, which you really like – but it's totally different when it has to be converted into on-field action. And if he, he gets it this weekend, you're going to get a really good look at the attitudes this weekend because Melbourne is showing up. Well, and you don't, and you remember what happened when we played Melbourne last season. Um, you know that that that's a team that constantly tests the Warriors, uh, generally with high-scoring margins. So I think you're right. I think it's going to be a great barometer. What about um, just before we get to news? Uh, Richie texted asking us that just as we are wrapping up with Stacey there, uh, what has Metcalf brought to the team? Can you ask Stacey? The trial game last week, was there anyone in that that you looked at? Maybe it was Metcalf that you said, that guy's got to be in the 17. Oh, no, tomorrow, man, without a doubt. I think I think his passing game and his pass selection adds adds to Sean Johnson at seven. Uh, whether or not Sean Johnson can play the season out in front of Metcalf, because on the back of tomorrow, Martin, you just get to look at Sean um, Metcalf, yeah. and he, he, he can actually play in the halves. And he's got speed to burn, that individual try of his. You don't see that too often, or even though it was up against a second second grade side. So, um, look, I think I think Metcalf can play. I think he's got a future there in the halves, definitely. And I think they've bought him to cover Sean in case Sean doesn't hit the hit the um, the heights that they're expecting of him this year. And then, of course, they uh, they announced I think this week that they signed Atane uh, to a Upiki to a uh, full time contract. He was the fullback who looked very very sharp in the trial game as well. So he's a chance, probably chance Nickel Clockstad. He's battled with injuries as well over the last couple of years. So Tane could be a great backup for him as well. There's some really exciting young players, I think, that we saw at the trials that you know, have just filled out the squad a little bit more. Well it was really interesting, wasn't it? Because they haven't had a they haven't had a pathways and yet they 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 put in a, a effort like that with some second grade yeah. uh, second grade side and some players with some depth. Tom, Tom uh, Tommy Ayer, for instance, he ran yeah. for 180 meters. Yeah. Um in the in the short periods that he was playing. Now he's probably not going to do that over a forty minute half um, and two halves as, as opposed to getting fresh up in the middle of the, the quarters. But he showed that he can cover that spot, which is what they need. Mm. And you're right about young Tane at fullback. Like, it's really exciting to see young kids coming through. He did remind me a little bit about Brent Webb, but so did Falorga, who played for Melbourne, who's sitting on their bench this weekend. Yep. Like, that kid coming out of Melbourne, he was probably the most dynamic I saw over the weekend. So it'd be, it'd be good to... Um, to hopefully keep Chance out there for the season. But there is a question mark. You know, He's come back late after the World Cup. He started two weeks after Christmas. He's a little bit underdone. Um, he's going to need some time to work his way into it to get those those stats that he's normally used to. But if the body does break down, it's good to see that we've got Tane there. Very exciting to see um, some good youngsters on show. As you mentioned, three years without a junior program. It is great to see a couple of those youngsters coming through. Uh, 3.30 here on Running It Straight. Thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest specific wellbeing service provider. We will take a break for news and sport. When we come back, uh, we're going to start our 2023 season preview. We're going to read up from the bottom of the table in 2022 and uh, go through each of the clubs over the coming weeks to uh, yeah, see where they're going to finish in 2023. Back with that after news.
Well, we've moved on from uh, Kimby's Russian dance club music into a little bit of Dr. Dre, Kimby, so uh, I can appreciate that. Snoop Dogg, Good start to 2023. Um, Cool. All right. We're going to start our uh, 2023 season preview. What we're going to do is we're going to go from the bottom up from last season, starting 16th, work our way back up to one. Uh, The Dolphins will slot in there somewhere as well, given they didn't play last season. 17th. But... uh, We'll get to that. Uh, let's start with 16th last season, which of course was the West Tigers won the wooden spoon. Coach Tim Sheen's coming in for them in 2023, of course, on the two-year deal, and then uh, Benji takes over. Um, funnily enough, you could say that they believe the answer to the future is in the past. Uh, Robbie Farrow, Benji Marshall sort of in the coaching staff as well. But uh, six new players coming on board, some big signings as well. Api Corusel, Isaiah Papali'i, David Clemmer, John Bateman highlight them. They did lose a couple. Uh, but Tigers, 2023, Kempe, give me, uh, give me the lowdown on what you think is going to happen. Yeah, look, I think uh, it is about the coaches and, and the attitudes that they're trying to change and the players that they're trying to sign to take back uh, I guess a, a top eight finish for them would be something that they'll be talking about this year. Whether or not they've got the side, like naming up a Curacao as their captain this year was pretty controversial, given yeah. the fact that he stood up in the in the um, Panther celebration, Panther celebration, and and took the Mickey out of the West Tigers. Um, but Coach Tim Sheen says that you know what he brings to training and how he's seen him operate around the training field with this with the side, his leadership is the reason why he's given him the the captaincy. And I actually think that it's a really good move. I think it's a really good move that they put Uppy there uh, with a bit of responsibility because I like the signings. Isaiah Papali'i was one of the top back rowers last year, come there from the Eels. Um, you also brought John Bateman back. He's having a few uh, visa problems at the moment getting in the country, so he might not start the season. And and David Clemmer coming down to add some size into that front row. You actually have the makings of a very good um, senior uh what do you say, players with enough experience to know how to get the job done. And that's what they're missing. So, you know, when we had Tim Sheens on um, just the other week and we spoke to him about, you know, when he was coming here, what he he really looked in signing when he signed up at Curacao and his answer was so um, telling. He said, well, everyone knows you need a good hooker. Mm. And he went straight for the best in the competition. So, look, I don't think they'll... um, end up in 16th uh, at the end of the year. Um, but I'm going to base that on staying injury-free because if they do lose any of those top players, yep. up for one, then they'll struggle. Well, I think they've, they've had probably up there with the Bulldogs and, and maybe even the Warriors the best off-season recruitment-wise of any of the clubs. Um, definitely those names are, are big names. The the interesting one for me, David Clemmer is, is obviously a, a good signing, but letting go of Jackson Hastings was a big call. I don't know if it's a, if they won that trade necessarily, given Hastings was of, were probably one of the players of the year for them last year. So the big one of the big question marks for me is really the halves pairing with Luke Brooks. I know Api Corusel, the idea is that he's going to release uh, Luke Brooks a little bit. But, Correct. you know, when the Tigers were struggling last season and they needed someone to step up in their halfback, he, he was nowhere to be seen. So they lost a couple of close ones last year. It's probably, can they turn those games around, you know? And I think, me personally, I've got them sitting at around about 13th this year. So I think they win a couple more of those games. They propel themselves forward a little higher up the ladder. But probably like the Warriors... That they're what five five years away type thing. Like it's it's a bit of a project at the moment with Benji coming in later on as well. Oh, it is. And Tim Sheens wants to leave it in Benji's hands and good and you know good stead. So look, Adam Dooley playing five eight outside Luke Brooks and Uppy uh, on the inside at nine is a totally different mix. Given the given that he probably goes to number three playmaker in the in the team and relaxes mm. and has a breath where they wanted Brooks to stand up and he hasn't been able to do that but he hasn't had the stock around him yeah. you know Jackson Jackson Hastings is why, is why you're saying Jackson Hastings leaving might be a bit of a 
a, a backward step for them. Well, I disagree. I think bringing Uppy and Dooley in actually releases Brooks, and that's the key to the Tigers' success this year. If they release Brooks, they'll go up the ladder. Yep. If they don't, and that's what I'm saying, they get injury to Uppy and they go back to another nine that doesn't know what he's doing, then they're going to struggle. A couple of interesting signings as well. Obviously, they get David Nofaluma back from the Storm, but uh, Charlie Staines from the Panthers, who I've always rated quite highly, scored, I think, four tries on debut for the Panthers, and uh, he featured in their uh, in their tri- in the Panthers grand final last year as well. Um, Tommy Talao also coming back for the Tigers. He had an injured 2022, but he's a, a bit of a gun in the centres there. So I've got them finishing 13th. Where have you got them for 2023? Oh, I've got them actually uh, not too far further up the um, table, I've got them finishing 14th. Okay, 34th, if I can handle that one. Alright, the other team we're going to preview just now before we take a break are the Knights, your team, uh, Kempe, who finished in 14th. Oh, by the way, we're skipping the Warriors, we're going to do them in the last week before the season starts. So skipping over 15th last year, going to 14th, they were the Knights. Uh, coached by Adam Bryan, of course, in 2023, and uh, they've picked up a couple of signings as well. Uh, they've let a couple go, obviously, David Clemmer, we just mentioned, Mitch Barnett's coming to the Warriors. Um, but, yeah, I guess the big question mark uh, for them will be Jackson Hastings and and Kalen Ponga, who I know they the rumour was Kalen Ponga was going to play in the halves by Adam O'Brien earlier in the season, but uh, is it going to be different for the Knights in 2023, do you think, Kebby? Well, yeah, look, I, I don't know whether or not um, Kalen Ponga can, can unload on the Knights you know, like he does in Origin. That's the big question, whether or not Hastings can do that for him. Um, and they've signed the young boy Lachlan Miller out of the Sharks to play fullback, so... It'll be it'll be interesting. It's all going to head um, hedge on Caelan uh, Ponga's, I guess, form this year. I think they've got a decent enough forward pack, even though they lost David Clemmer. They still got a big forward pack. The Sofidi brothers, um, you add uh, Adam Elliott there from the Raiders that comes into the side. They've got a really good go forward, and on the back of it, you'd think that Caelan Ponga would be able to play a bit of football, um, but they've got a poor D record. They've got no depth either, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and it's again Caelan Ponga can't seem to stay on the. The football pitch, there has to be questions around his concussion issues. Yep. Um, he, he's going to be in the front line. He's going to take a lot more pounding in both in defence and offence. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that they're going to really struggle this year. And I think Adam O'Brien will be probably the, one of the first coaches sacked. Interesting. Um, do you think uh, Ponga is that sort of halfback that gets released um, I'm trying to think of of who the who the comparison is because when I look at him in Origin for Queensland, obviously there's guys like uh, Munster, Cherry Evans who sort of run the ship uh, at halfback, allow Ponga at the back to just lurk around and pick up the scraps, and that's where he's at his best. So, other nights, how do you think that sort of halfback experiment's going to go? They tried it, I think, three years ago for four or five rounds to start the season. It just didn't work. But do you think? With someone like Hastings, he's going to have the opportunity to... Because they obviously just want him to touch the ball more, right? That's generally why they do something like that. They want him to have more hands, more time on the ball. But is that his strength? Or is, is he better off the back of the ruck lurking around like a James Tedesco? Look, I don't I don't think it's an experiment that that's worked in the past, and I don't think it'll work in the future. I, I would have made Ponga the number one, and I would have built the team around him playing fullback, like James Tedesco. Um, you know what I mean? The, he's he's not Dylan Edwards. You know, he's not that type of fullback who mm. who does the numbers and just plays solidly. He's actually lethal yes. in that number one jersey, and you should still be able to play him in the front line as much as possible and push him to that back um, area. But he hasn't he hasn't had the coach or the team to be able to do that. So recruitment wise, at the Newcastle Knights has been really poor. Yeah. Um, you know they, they they went through such a, a an, an era of building homegrown talent. 
Okay, so the Johns brothers, um, Brett Kamali, Badiris, you know, you've got the Gidley brothers. They've had all these people that have come through locally. They've lost all that local talent, and now they've had to go out and try and buy talent to, to build a team. Um, so the sooner they can get back to building a team for him locally and bringing in kids that actually know what they need from um, that Newcastle crowd and what they can give to them, Caelan Pong is just going to be used as an experiment year in, year out. Yeah. And that's why I say I think it's going to be a really tough time for Aidan O'Brien. I don't think he's got the depth. It's interesting as well, talking about players getting more touches on the ball and halfback, but I mean, Tedesco gets more touches than Kerry and Walker at the Roosters, and he's playing at number one. It's just about using them properly, right, and, and getting them close to the ruck. Plus meters. Um, so I've got the Knights. They finished in 14th in 2022. I've actually got them staying in 14th. I don't think they really move up or down at all. Um, probably injury dependent, but where have you got them in? 15th. 15th, they drop down? Drop yeah. down a slot. All I right. think they go down. I think the, they struggle. There you go. So gone through the Tigers and the Knights. We'll take a short break. When we come back, we've got Titans and Bulldogs on the card. Very interested to hear Kempi's take on the Bulldogs and their recruitment this season. Give us a text on double eight double three if you want to get involved, or you can jump on the phone at 100 and it's running it straight thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. Back after this. It's away from four, just was admiring the uh, investigative, uh, the work of our premier investigative journalist here, Tony Kemp, uh, talking to Gary Stead. What a great question that was for Gary this morning. <laughs> Put on the back. Uh, we're going through uh, each team ahead of the 2023 NRL season. We've gone through the Tigers and the Knights. Now we go up to 13th on the ladder in 2022. That is the Titans under coach Justin Holbrook. He might be under a little bit of pressure as well this season. Could be the first one to go if things don't go his way. Um, so heading into 2023, um, a couple of key games for them. Kieran Foran comes over from the Seagulls. Sam Verrills from the Roosters. Um, they've lost Jermaine Asako, Greg Marziu, uh, amongst a couple of others as well. Uh, disappointing year, disappointing finish to 2022. Uh, a lot of their players were up and down, including guys like uh, Tino Fasormala'awi and, of course, David Fafita. Um, do you see enough sort of shifting pieces there, Kempi, to, to suggest they might do a bit better in 2023? I do. Again, if they, they can stay on the pitch, I think the signing of Foran and Sam Verrillis out of the Roosters and Hooker and Hooker in seventh position uh, is vital with AJ Brimson moving back to that uh, that fullback spot. So I think their spine's looking really good. On, atta- on attack, they got no problem scoring tries and releasing uh, Dave Fafita. Those two signings of Foran and uh, Verrillis are really important. Uh, I agree with you. Justin Holbrook, I think he goes with Aidan O'Brien. I think he's um, under immense pressure with Aidan to hold hold on to his job. He's another mid- mid-season sacking. Um, do Canberra get David Fafita? Well, they've offered him 1.2 million reasons um, to get him. So we still could see that car play out. If they lose him, then they're going to struggle big time. And Kieran Foran's a key. If he can, he's got an old head. He's going to he's going to change the D and the and the motivation around the D because he drives it. Um, he's a key to their success well, this season. Motivation you mentioned, yeah, that's a big problem for the Titans, isn't it? That mental fortitude. It, it seems that's what um, is their undoing game to game. So uh, I have them moving up from um, sorry, moving them moving down from thirteenth to fifteenth. That's just my opinion. I think they will drop a couple of places in twenty twenty three. Given some of the other teams, I think might leapfrog them. Where have you got them? Unlucky for some, they sit in thirteenth. Yep, stay in the same place. Okay. Um, the Bulldogs are next. Now, they finished 12th in 2022. Um, they are probably the hyped season of 2023, Kempe. Uh, definitely probably the best recruitment drive, picking up Viliami Kikiao, Reed Marnie from the Yields, Andrew Davey from the Seagulls. Uh, they got guys like Hayes Perham, Franklin Pele. Um, they lost Jeremy Marshall King, Paul Vaughan, um, and a couple of others, but... Uh, there is a lot of hype around them. Cameron Seraldo in charge, a similar story to the Warriors in terms of an assistant coach coming in from the Panthers. Um, what do you think 2023 brings for the Bulldogs? Well, I think I think their, their trump card is not even on the football field. I think it's in full gold in the background. 
if you look at Penrith and the attitude that he built with that high performance centre out there, their their whole um, future is built from a, from a young age up. And I like how he's starting from working backwards, going with the dogs of war, which is an old boy mentality there through the late eighties um, into the the two thousands, where Canterbury Bulldogs were the team to be, the team to be in and the team to beat. So. Um, I like it. They are the most hyped team in the competition with their um, recruitment. The only question mark I got on them pushing up the table was Kyle Flanagan at seven. Yep. I think Matt Burton probably uh, goes and, you know, he's he's a superstar. I think he, he goes and um, probably takes over the best 5'8 position in the country um, from, from Jerome Luai uh, at the moment. And, yeah, with the signing of uh, Kikau, especially out there, and releasing Tavita Pangai as well, uh, who's been a bit enigmatic, uh, Canterbury have it all in front of them. So can Kyle Flanagan lead the, lead the ship around the field? That's the biggest question for me. Got Stephen Cronin joining them as well next year, so that's something to look forward to for them. Uh, probably question mark for them is is probably that spine a little bit fullback as well, how that's all going to play out. But uh, I've got them moving up certainly in 2023, Kempi. I've actually got them in eighth position. I think they'll crack the eight this year. Certainly they'll be hovering around that sort of seven, eight, nine, ten. So those those teams might all interchange, but I've got them sitting in eighth. What, what have you got? Yeah, look, Reid Mahoney coming to the club and on the back of finals football would want to go back there. Oh, look, I, I think maybe a, a pinch too far this year for them. I've got them sitting 10th. Okay, there you go. Uh, we are going to take one more short break when we come back. We've got the Seagulls and Dragons to finish off this week, and then we'll rip into our, our next lot of six uh, the following week, heading into the first round, first weekend of March. So stick with us. Coming up 4 o'clock here on SNZ, running it straight, we have gone through the Tigers, Knights, Titans and Bulldogs. Uh, we're going to have to give you our full letter, I think, uh, just before the season starts. It's all over the place at the moment. But uh, the last two before we get to the top of the hour, hand over the run home, the Seagulls, who finished in 11th uh, in 2022. Uh, Coach Anthony Seabold, of course, coming in, taking over from Des Hasler in a very turbulent off-season, Kempe. Uh, heading into 2023, they've lost Kieran Four and Dylan Walker, Marty Tapao, Andrew Davey. Those are pretty big losses, and I'd say their gains aren't very uh, monumental. I just think there's one question in all of this, and that's Tommy Turbo. If he's in the that's side, the they make question. the top eight. If they don't, if he doesn't, they're out. Hundred percent. It's that simple. You know, Tommy Turbo, I think, is the best player in the world. He is when he's fit. Um, you know, he's a he's a linebacker, running back, quarterback. He can do everything on the football field, and one of the hardest men to stop when he's in full flight. I, and I just hope we we see the best of him this year because when he's not on the pitch, we've been robbed of watching one of the true greats. Uh, Anthony Seaball brings some new th- uh, thinking. To the club, I think they've lost way too much experience. Dylan Walker, Martin Tapai, Kieran Foran haven't replaced it with anything. Yes, they've got a decent-sized forward pack, um, but you know Johnny Schuster, can he play the minutes re- required at 5'8"? Can he, can he shift around? That's always been the question. He's all right playing on the left edge in a back row. We can stand there and just rest. Mm. But you playing 5'8", and you're swinging between sideline and sideline as a first or second receiver, takes a heap of energy, and does he have the fitness to go through? So their spine has plenty of potential. Um, they definitely have enough players through there with Tommy Turbo coming off the back of it, but no Tommy Turbo, no wait. Even with Tommy Turbo, do you give them how high do you put them if he's in the in the side? Oh, look, I think they fight out for the eight. Um, I'm not picking Tommy Turbo to to play the major parts of the season. I think he's going to be missing for for large parts like he has been. I think he's got the same problem with um, Pippenhausen. They're just freaks with short uh, twitch fibres that tend to play up because they're so explosive. So um, I've got them finishing uh, 12th this year. Yeah, I've got them finishing in 10th and that is solely based on Tommy not playing a lot of football. So if they do, could easily see them make the 8th. But like I said before, I think 8, sorry, 
uh, 7, 8, 9, 10 are sort of all interchangeable. Uh, finally, before we head up to 4 o'clock, hand over to the run home, are the Dragons, who finished 10th in 2022. Um, Coach Anthony Griffin, uh, Griffin of course, um, they've uh, picked up a couple of players, a Musgrove from the Tigers, Ben Murdoch-Masilla from the Warriors, of course, but they've lost guys like uh, Tariq Sims, Josh McGuire experience in the front row there. Um, what do you reckon Dragons 2023? Oh, mate, they're fighting out for the spoon, 100%. Yeah, it's I- interesting. Interesting, Wayne Bennett, Anthony Griffin, both from Brisbane, fighting out for the spoon. Just don't have the depth, don't have a spine, have nothing. Yep, I've got them. Uh, I've got them finishing seventeenth. Funnily enough, although I know that's where you've got the Dolphins. Um, I just think if you look at their squad on paper, they've got one of the worst teams in the NRL. I know Ken, you're not going to like to hear that, but and I do, they do have some exciting youngsters, but I just think they are lacking in key areas of the park. I think they'll be they'll be battling it out, Ken. But it's the Dragons. Have hey, you, they might, you, they might be first a, after five rounds. They should rounds. send you a contract because they need someone who can talk you to play in the middle. <laughs> They need five eight. Why don't they get us package deal? <laughs> Stewart and Kim from the halves. Uh, that's running straight Hello, for another. That's uh, running straight for another week. We'll be back next Wednesday. We'll preview another six teams, catch up with more guests, and talk some more rugby league.